Auburn's opener against UMass, it's all about what happens in the trenches. Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining us, as he does every Thursday, we got positive response by calling it Crane Kick Thursday. Jake Crane of Crane and Company hanging out with us. Football is back, brother. How Mm. excited are you? Scale of one to ten. Oh, God, a thousand. I don't know if I've ever been more excited about anything in my life. Don't please don't tell my my wife that though. Uh no, that crane kick Thursday. I I absolutely love that. That's uh you know me. I, I love I love good analogies, metaphors, and puns. So I absolutely love it. Yeah, let's just uh let's kick people in the face with content and takes, Jake. Let's do it. I'll be the uh, Bruce Lee of kicking people in the face with content. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I support that wholeheartedly. All right, so looking at what's going to happen Saturday, I think we all believe Auburn will win. I think Auburn will win big. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I bet you feel pretty confident about Saturday's outcome as well. As far as what we can take away from it, I think we've got to look at the trenches, Jake, on both sides of the football. Without a doubt. I mean, that's the that's the engine that runs the car. That's the heart that that runs the body. You know, that's going to determine how Auburn's season goes. And and we've talked about this, Zach, the pass rush questions. You're hearing there maybe some questions about being able to stop the run, but that could mean, you know, the offensive line is obviously operating in, at a very high efficiency, which, which hasn't happened at Auburn in a long time. And and listen, you know, I know the spread's gone down. I got it at, at UMass plus 37 and a half. That, that's a lot of points in general. But look, this UMass team, is going to, I'm not going to say test Auburn, obviously, to the max, but it's good that Auburn gets a little bit of resistance early. You just don't want, you know, Mary, Margaret of the Blind and Deaf coming in here week one because you're really not going to know. And you want a little bit of a test before you go to Cal. Then you're going to get a bigger test when Cal comes in before you, you know, have one more game and then go to AM. So th- that's a good thing. That's a good thing for a team early. And nobody should panic if Auburn goes down three nothing or, or, you know, it doesn't look beautiful early. But when it comes to the offensive line and the defensive line, you're going to see if Auburn's able to move people. Now, listen. Don Brown and UMass had a bunch of insurance salesmen and accountants last year and finished with a top 10 defense. This dude's been doing this for, you know, 300 years. He's older than Gandalf. So Massachusetts is going to have a good plan when they come in. Now, this is where that RPO offense and where you're able to kind of make people rob Peter to pay Paul or play you even, you can manipulate matchups. Auburn has better players than UMass. Now, the quarterback at UMass threw the ball a little bit better than what I thought, but make no mistake. UMass beat New Mexico State because New Mexico State turned the ball over three times and UMass scored 17 points off of it. If Auburn goes and turns the ball over and has a bunch of penalties, then UMass will be able to hang around for longer and longer and longer. But this isn't a game where I see Auburn winning 63 to nothing. They're going to get a little bit of resistance, but you want to see balance. You want to see organization. You want to see guys getting after it up front. And I think we're going to find out a lot about this offensive line and their ability to move people and move the people they're supposed to move to be able to help Peyton Thorne in that RPO game out. Yeah, I I think you think higher of this UMass team than I do, Jake. Just watching that game between UMass and New Mexico State, I I thought New Mexico State was better at everything than UMass. They just turned the ball over three times, like you said, and scored 17 points off of that, and that was enough. That was enough to kind of seal the deal. But I think Auburn's offensive line is going to be able to do whatever they want 
against UMass's defensive front. I mean, I think it is a tremendous mismatch. And then on the other side of it, their pass rush rating numbers were looking pretty good. If you look at PFF with the exception of their center. And I just think that's going to be a major mismatch between Jason Jones and Justin Rogers and that poor kid. We'll certainly see what happens, but they didn't give up a sack last week, right? Can Auburn's pass rush get to Tyson Pumachan, uh, which he looked pretty electric at times, but I think that's kind of it on their offense. So yeah. all in all, I mean, if to me, it says more about the, either side of Auburn's trenches if they don't consistently win the day versus if they do. Yeah, they should. Look, Auburn has better players at pretty much every position than UMass does. Make no mistake. Yeah. But UMass does have a quarterback that can extend the play. It's all about angles when you're pass rushing this guy. If you keep him in the pocket, he's going to make mistakes. Uh, what you can't do is let him wiggle out. You can't let him on third and eight slip one guy and go run for nine. UMass is going to use him in the run game as much as possible because when you're at a disadvantage or not, that help, that evens the math out in the box. That's how you can truly get a hat on a hat in the quarterback yeah. run game. That's why a lot of people do it. But especially when you don't have as good a personnel, you want to try and make it as even as possible. So don't be shocked if you see a lot of quarterback run game early, if you see a lot of gadget plays. But when it comes down to the one-on-one -on -one battles, Auburn should win most of those. A lot of it is going to come down to Auburn's rush angle, not rushing too far past him, not rushing too far underneath him, not letting him break contain, and making them beat him with his arm. Because if he puts that ball in the air enough, this older secondary – this, this linebacker group that I think is going to be better in pass coverage than some people think will make him pay for it. Now, on the other side, Auburn should be able to move UMass. But what Don Brown's going to do, what he's going to try and do, is give confuse Auburn with multiple fronts. He's going to mess with angles. They're not afraid to backdoor things in the gap scheme run game, which is a dangerous game to play. It's mm. a dangerous game to play, and it, it can be heroic or, or it can be tragic, depending on how it works out. But over time, Gravity is gravity. You don't have to be Robert Oppenheimer to figure out that Auburn has better players than what UMass does. I still like the 30s. I mean, beating somebody by 40 points is not easy, especially with the new clock rules. I think mm -hmm. UMass try and keep it on the ground a lot. As I mentioned, try and run some clock, try and possess the ball. And we know Auburn's going to try and, you know, set the tone and, and impose their will on UMass from a run standpoint to take a little pressure off Peyton Thorne and open stuff up in the pass game. Do you think... Auburn's starting defense going up against Robbie Ashford consistently in fall camp helps with a matchup like this. Oh, yeah. Well, without a doubt. Well, you go back and look at that New Mexico State game when New Mexico State put Eli Stowers in there. He ran up and down on you. They hit an 80-yard run on UMass pretty quickly, and then they put yeah. the Pavietto kid back in, which I don't understand after the two successful drives. I don't know why Jerry Kill did that or why he got that tattoo, but that's a story for another day. But it's yeah, way too big. That tattoo yeah, was Yeah, way huge. too big. Like, dude, I mean, I know you made a deal with them, but you didn't have to get like a billboard put on your arm. That's right. Uh, but, but when you look at Robbie Ashford, the skill set he brings from a speed standpoint, that's Pumachan is not Robbie Ashford from a speed. Right. He's more of a, a bigger kind of lumbering guy than he is fast. Once he gets going... He gets going, but they should be. They should. The Auburn's defense should not be overwhelmed or surprised by the athleticism of the quarterback they're going up against this week. You need to cover the Simpson kid, though. The Arizona transfer. That's who he wants to go to. You take him away. You take them away. My second most important matchup on the show yesterday was Simpson, the, their kid out of the slot, versus Auburn's Keontae Scott. I can't wait to see how they use Keontae. Do they jam him at the line, which you don't always see 
from the nickel slot matchup, or do they kind of play him off ball? Because that's where he looked first almost every passing play. He, yeah, well, this he, is he, yeah, he, yeah. Go ahead. He knows he knows who their guy is. He knows who's who the guy is that can compete. And now you've got a game on tape of seeing the route combinations you use. And I mean, obviously, like you mentioned, you can't press somebody that's not on the ball. So if he's off the ball, which sure. that's typically what you get at the slot, they're off the ball more times than not because typically they're littler guys. Now Simpson's not. You know, a, a a gnome by any stretch of the imagination. He's not the biggest guy, but he's not the smallest guy. Uh, so look, you tell Keontae Scott, who's ever in there at nickel, or if it's on third down and you want to use a certain package to put another corner in there on him to run around with him, you got to mix it up. This isn't the NFL. You can put your hands on him past the line of scrimmage. You need to beat him up a little bit early. Yeah. You need to let him know when he catches the ball, you make him pay for it. You make him pay for it. You make him pay for it. And every time you don't help him up, you knock him down, you knock him around, and halfway through the second quarter, he's going to be looking at that scoreboard, and he's going to start having to make business decisions. So you play guys like that physical, you kill their will, and that takes away that what they're best at. All right, Peyton Thorne named a captain after just being at Auburn for five minutes. What does that mean? Is that a message that Coach Freeze is using to send to the rest of the team? We discuss in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you get the right folks on your team the first time around because having to hire and go through that process again it's exhausting, it's expensive, and frankly, you could be doing a million other things. So LinkedIn Jobs, they've got all the best tools to make sure that you get the right person the first time quicker. And look, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find these qualified candidates faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That is linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Jake Crane of Crane & Company joining us, Auburn Earlier in the week, announced their uh, their captains. It's the three guys that they sent to Nashville: Cam Stutz, Luke Deal, Elijah McAllister, and then new starting quarterback Peyton Thorne. What do you think that means, Jake? Does it mean what we kind of all assume it means that Peyton is the guy for the entire season? I can't imagine them making him a captain and then he's still like having to fight for his job on a week-in, week-out basis, which is what some people kind of twisted his comments to mean yeah. a few weeks ago. Uh, this, to me, says, uh, no, Peyton, Peyton's the dude unless he gets hurt. No, without a doubt. I mean, this is this solidifying something that that we already knew, that they're riding with Peyton Thorne, and it reinforces you know, that he is the voice in that huddle when the ones go out, and that's something that you need. That gives him confidence. That gives the rest of the team confidence. And look, I don't think this was an award Hugh Freeze just handed out because he felt like he he had to or that he needed to. I think Peyton earned this. I mean, you heard when Peyton came in how he was wanting to learn. He didn't want anything handed to him. He was putting in the extra work. And and the thing about one of the things about Hugh Freeze, one of the many good things about him is I do think he's genuine. I don't think Hugh's a guy that that because you can fool a lot of people from especially that that are on the outside. You can't fool the players. And when it comes down to naming captains, you know, at the end of the day, those guys in the locker room, they know. They know if you've put in the work. They know what type of man you are. They know what type of player you are. They know what type of person, what type of teammate you are. Uh, and and I think Peyton has earned this. And uh, it's something where, yeah, he's a quarterback. Typically, the quarterback is the captain. But again, I don't think it's something that was handed out like a participation trophy. Oh, we named you the starter, so you're automatically a captain. 
I think Payne's earned this. I think it's something that, that he's going to be proud to wear. And I think his teammates, especially if you see the reaction, uh, should should make Auburn fans feel better that Peyton Thorne truly is at home. And, and you hear Peyton, he did not, he didn't want to transfer from Michigan State. This isn't something where he just decided to duck it and and not compete. Uh, I, I think they just needed a fresh start at, at Michigan State, and I don't think it's going to help them between me you and the fence post. Uh, sure. But th- this is a good thing that I feel like Auburn fans should should feel good about. I'm with you, and, and I think the certainty in the quarterback room and a little bit of stability in the quarterback room will be nice. Yeah, <laughs> and that and that'll be something where we don't have to necessarily have the conversation six weeks into the season. Like, should Auburn change the dude? Which will yeah. be. Really refreshing. We don't have to go on Maury Povich and find out if you are the father or not. Like, there's you don't have to worry about it anymore. Like, Peyton Thorne, you are the father. Right. Right. All right. Uh, as far as the betting lines go, you know, we use we use FanDuel here on the Locked On Podcast Network, Jake, but they started at 36 and a half. It's slowly dropping, 35 and a half. I saw 38 and a half some places, too, is what it opened at in some places. But Regardless, the line is going down. Jake, do you think that's fair? Do you think it's valid? I assume the money is going um, to UMass plus 38 and a half and whatever it is now. Yeah, I, I got it at 37 and a half. Uh, I, I took the sharp, tweeted that out. Uh, if you follow me at Jake Crane underscore, obviously you can see it right there. I, I tweet out a couple sharps. Uh, I took the North Carolina, South Carolina over at 64 and a half. I think that thing's going to keep going up before Saturday. But, you know, it's reaction, obviously, what they did against New Mexico State. But not only that, but it's a reaction to their, their style of play. Yeah. I mean, UMass is going to run the ball. You look at UMass's defense, they will be able to stop Auburn a couple times. Again, 36 points. Think about that. Beating a team by five touchdowns is a lot. That is a lot, especially with the new rules that are coming out or that have already come out where the clock does not stop after a first down unless it's under two minutes going into halftime or at the end of the game. And when you look stylistically, Auburn's going to try and run the ball. UMass is going to try and run the ball. That is going to do what? Run the clock, which is going to limit possessions, which therefore limits the opportunities for points. So Auburn could play really well and not cover that. Now, 35, I – I would buy that thing up to 35 and a half at least. I would have that hook. I, I don't like that number 35. It's like I don't like the number 34 and a half. Uh, but I, I do expect Auburn to play well. Because look, you can beat this team, I mean, 41 to 13. You can beat them 41 to 10 yeah. and still not come and dominate the game. Absolutely dominate it. But the new clock rules with the style of play, with the reaction and the confidence that because UMass has nothing to lose. They should be confident coming into Auburn. So I don't think you'd be crazy to buy that thing up 35 and a half, 36 and a half, maybe tease it at 42 and a half with some other uh, some other stuff you have going on. Uh, and Auburn can still really look good and not cover the spread. Yeah. Auburn's been watching and studying UMass, you know, for the last several weeks. You and I discussed this and UMass was looking at New Mexico State and they traveled to from Massachusetts to New Mexico, mm-hmm. back to Massachusetts. Then they got to come down to Auburn. I don't know. I just don't think it really. I think Auburn does cover. That's 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 where my uh, that's and, where my and pick look, is. I mean, right early now. in the season, it's it's always harder to bet early in the season. I don't know that the injury sure. status of some of UMass's guys. They had a couple guys go down last week, but on the other hand, you, look, they've played a game. They've played a game together. That's they've traveled. They sure. played together. They, they know that structure. So, look, I I just 
I always that's just a lot of points. That's a ton of points. Um, you know, I I again, either way, who the hell knows? It's it's week one. Uh, Auburn could come out and drop sixty. Hugh may want to send a message and try and score seventy. Uh, but I I'm gonna lean to UMass to cover the thirty seven and a half, the thirty six and a half. Outside of that, I'm a little bit nervy. Is is Hugh that guy? Is he a guy to come out and try to send a message and score seventy? Do you think I could see him doing it? Yeah, look, I, I mean, you you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. The the one thing is you have two sure. different trains of thought. You have some guys early, and not that people don't have film on Hugh Freeze, you know, from before, but Phil Montgomery is going to be calling the plays. It's going to be, I think, a little bit of a different flavor of ice cream than what we've seen splits formationally, personnel grouping wise, uh, from Hugh Freeze. But there's two trains of thought. One, you show as little as possible to give the next team or teams around you. Yeah you know, kind of the, the element of surprise, or you put a lot on tape to try and steal practice time. I think Hugh, with this RPO offense, is going to kind of let it play out the way that it plays out. I don't think they're going to try and show too much, but I don't think they're going to play it too close to the vest. I, I think he wants to get a lot of guys playing time, if possible. You always want to do. Auburn's not the deepest team in the world. I'm mm -hmm. sure he would love to get that starting offensive line off the field about halfway through the third quarter to make sure they're ready and ripping to go for Cal and then down the stretch. Yeah, and just to circle back, you mentioned the the play clock rules. So just look at UMass's total snaps last week. They had one guy that had 65 snaps, one guy had 58. Everybody else was under 50 total snaps. And on offense, it looks like they had 54 plays from scrimmage on offense, which is way less Slow. than what we normally see. Yeah. Slow and you don't get fat. You don't come down to Auburn and decide to get fast if you're a UMass. Good point. Good point. Uh, so think about that when you're placing your bets um, before the weekend. All right. Was this offseason a success? We asked Jake in just a moment, right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Alumni Hall in Auburn, folks. This is the ultimate Auburn shopping destination. I go to alumnihall.com. I go to the one in Opelika and Tigertown, and it's a dream for Tiger fans. They've got the best apparel, jerseys, hats, drinkware, tailgating gear, you name it. They've got it. And you get rewarded for every dollar you spend with their Hall Pass rewards, which is great. I haven't cashed mine in yet, but I've saved them up. I'm sure I've got plenty up to this point. But if you're an Auburn student or faculty or military, you also get 10% off everything in store with an ID. So go check out Alumni Hall in Opelika, in Auburn, Huntsville, or, of course, alumnihall.com. Shop Alumni Hall. It's where Tiger fans shop. Jake Crane of Crane & Company, our guest. Look, you've been in the coaching staff side of this before, Jake. And going into this first game, there becomes a point where it's like, okay, the hay's in the barn. You know, we did our building in spring. We got ready for the season in fall, and now we've prepped everything that we can for UMass. Do you think this coaching staff now, looking back over the last eight months, nine months since they've been here, do you think they turn around to look back and say, okay, I think this has been a success. I think we've done enough to compete in the SEC in 2023. Yes, I mean, look, you you do all those crunches and push-ups during the winter. At some point during beach season, you got to take your shirt off. It's time now. Um, and I think when this coaching staff looks back, uh, for, from a wholesome standpoint, number one, and I don't want to jinx them, you avoided mm -hmm. catastrophic injuries and the injury sure. bug. 
you, you avoided that, which is huge. We see it happen to teams all the time. Sometimes it's out of your control. Sometimes it's not. You got a lot of momentum. Auburn is aligned behind each other. We've talked about that before. Look at the recruiting, the way that it's taken off. You were able to win in the transfer portal. You upgraded the roster. You added depth, especially up front. Now, we'll see on, on the pass rush side, but I think the offensive line is going to take a big step forward. We know about the skill positions and what they've done. And it seems like Auburn has been very organized in the way that they've prepped. They haven't had drama. They haven't had controversy. You have a quarterback battle, but but that's a controversy that that's baked in. That's how it worked. You didn't sure. have guys jump and ship after Robbie Ashford didn't win the job. It seems like everybody is bought in. So yes, I think it has been a success. You know, Hugh Freeze and them. It seems like the team has come together. It seems like they understand. They know who each other are. They aren't just guys that play on the same team. They're brothers that hang out with each other that just so happen to play football together. And yeah, you know, you you've caught the breaks that you needed to catch. And look, is Auburn going to win the SEC West? I don't think so. But have they put themselves in a position to be able to compete in every game? I think they have. And that's all you can ask for in year one in Hugh Freeze because you're building not only the roster, not only the depth, but the culture. And that's what takes time. That takes the most time. The three pillars of winning, recruiting, development, and culture. Those are the three ones. Culture takes the longest, especially now that you're able to snag guys out of the transfer portal. But I do think when Coach Freeze lays his head down on his pillow at night and he closes his eyes, you never feel perfect about it. I mean, that's sure. part of coaching. It's like being a parent. You never feel 100% perfect about it. You're always worried about something. But you've done everything that you possibly can do to put Auburn in a situation to be able to go out there and put a good product for a fan base that's thirsting for it in a league that loves it in the greatest sport that God has ever graced us with. So, yes, I do think Auburn is is in a position. They've had a successful offseason in all facets, and now it's time to strap it up and go get them. Now it's time to bring the boys back. Now it's time to let that eagle fly and go out and, excuse my language, but kick somebody's ass a little bit, Zach. It's been long enough. We've talked about it. We've written about it. We've heard all the things. We hear about Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State, Michigan. That's great. It, all that doesn't matter when you go strap it up and you run through that tunnel at Jordan-Hare and you got that orange and blue on and you got that helmet on and you got that logo on. So now it's time. All the noise doesn't matter. Strap it up and go make somebody pay for it. Last week on Creating Company, you guys went through all five Power Five conferences as they currently stand and, and, and did your predictions. On a Friday, with the SEC rolled out, you saved the best for last. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. You had Auburn going eight and four with an Iron Bowl win. Yeah, why? Well, look, hey, you know, you got to catch breaks, right? Uh, on the injury sure. front, breaks just aren't recovering fumbles or, or having guys drop passes when they're wide open when you're on defense. But I look at the schedule. You look at the non-conference. You should, if you play the way that I think Auburn's going to play, sweep the non-conference. That's four right there. I think they beat both Mississippi schools at home. That's six. Feel even better about picking them to beat Vanderbilt on the road now after watching Vandy outrush Hawaii, who's not exactly you know a downhill running team by four yards. That's seven. So what gets you to eight? You either beat Texas A&M or Arkansas on the road. Mm -hmm. I don't think you're beating Georgia at home. The personnel is just too overwhelming. I mean, I don't know if Hugh Freeze knows magic or the dark arts or what, but uh, that's what it's probably going to take. Then you have Alabama, and I know everybody here lately has been, it's leaked out of camp that Alabama's offensive line is, is unbelievable, whatever. 
Um, in fall camp, you play against yourself, by the way. I don't know if a lot of people know that. could mean a lot of things. Sure. And I know that people like to be contrarians and, oh, Nick Saban's pissed off, or, oh, this week Nick Saban's smiling, so everybody better watch out. You can find a way to configure it in a way to, you know, to scare the hell out of everybody else. But mm. when I look at Alabama, you've got a brand-new left tackle starting and a quarterback that we don't know who it's going to be. And I know the Iron Bowl's at the end of the year. You're transitioning with two new coordinators and a new identity on offense, and weird things happen in Jordan-Hare and the Iron Bowl. Brian Harson and them should have beat him two years ago with a very, very average team and a very, very average head coach. So when I look at, at this year, I feel like Auburn is going to have a chance. There's a window to be able to run with Bama, and it's at home. I think it gets them to their eighth win. I think Auburn goes eight and four, four and four in the SEC, plays in a good bowl game and keeps that recruiting momentum going and building up to what could be a huge 2024 with what they're going to be returning and the schedule change. So that's where I got it. Be huge. You know, yeah, it'd, it'd be Matt eight and four. And look, I, I've said this before. The standard, we talked about it last week, the standard should always be high. The expectation mm-hmm. should always be high. But there is a reality in it when you got a new guy in there who's had to patch and rebuild a roster basically from scratch, like biscuits from Hardee's. So uh, I, I think eight and four, four and four, would be a great year for Auburn. And if, if Hugh Freeze beats Alabama in year one, you bet, Katie, you better bar the door because because mm. the boys are coming. Yep, that's right. Jake Crane, how can people check out everything you've got going on, brother? Really easy, man. Look, if you haven't gone over to YouTube uh, and subscribed to Crane and Company yet, C-R-A-I-N-N Company, we're almost to 100,000 subscribers. Uh, we're live every weekday morning, 6.30 a.m. to 8 a.m. Central. We're talking everything college football, the NFL. We have live call-ins, live chat. We're doing play breakdowns, all type of stuff. Uh, it's a great time. I'm the good-looking one in the middle who's always right. Uh, just kidding, but no, seriously. Uh, it's a metaphor, but that really happened. Uh, no, come check us out, man. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that stuff. And Zach, look, man, let's kick it off. It's here. Let's uh, All the talking's done. Let's uh, let's watch him go out there and strap it up. It's on ESPN 230, right? Unless I'm just That's tripping. Right. No, nope, um, you're right. Should, should be fun. The Hugh Freeze era begins. It's freaking freezing in here. It's cold. It's cold, but be careful. Be careful out there on the social medias if you say that. You can follow uh, yeah. me on socials at Z Black. Reread all my written work at AuburnDaily.com. And we will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn.